This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station, the podcast that supports teachers with interviews on a wide range of topics, featuring academics, teachers, education professionals, and anyone else committed to making a positive impact on education. If you're in education, it's the season for conferences, and there aren't many bigger than Edutech in Sydney. This year, there were over 250 exhibitors and over 20 seminars on the latest in educational technology. It was quite a bewildering display, but it gave me a chance to step out of the studio and meet some people to chat about some of the latest developments. So, in case you couldn't make it, here's part one of our series of highlights from Edutech 2019. First up, if you've ever wondered how to get young kids writing or to take an interest in books, then you might want to give Little Scribe a look. Such an interesting concept. I'm with Jenny here from Little Scribe, and once again... They got me at the name. I just love the name. And I have a feeling it's got something to do with writing. Jenny, what can you tell me? Yeah, we're absolutely everything to do with writing. And we've just launched a co-author program, which is what we believe is a world first. And if you can imagine, we've got authors that have come on board, literacy leaders, fabulous writers that have created the first two pages of a story and we're inviting kids in classrooms all around the country to write the rest of the story and then they can call themselves and actually become co-authors with their favourite author like Andrew Datto, Deborah Abella, Tristan Banks and they then get both a digital copy and a physical copy of that book. And what, what a great initiative. I'm just curious, is this at all levels of education? Is this a junior thing, high school thing? Where does it, where does it start? Where does it end? Yeah, perfect question. Uh, it starts in preschool. We've got people doing visual literacy with the students there in kindy, uh, in preschool level, right through to high school. And in fact, we've even had interest from some retirement villages. So anyone that loves writing, but specifically as an organisation, we're focused on schools and really shifting the dial on writing and engagement and progress that we're, we're all looking to see with writing and literacy. question I'd really like to ask is, I've been in the classroom for a long time myself, and I know that boys in particular from... I suspect late primary school, throughout high school, they don't like writing. Is this helping to make a difference in that space? It's huge, and I love that question. So I can refer a couple of examples of how we're um, changing that dynamic. So in New Zealand, we had a group of kids with a high uh, population of boys, probably about 70 to 80% skew. Just the fact that they could do graphic novels, for example, that we were bringing visual literacy and connecting that with the written literacy and opening up different ways of communicating and taking them, what I call, out of the curriculum. So we were talking about skateboards and things that they loved and sharks and brought them into their creative writing or fact writing or persuasive writing. They have moved a year's worth of writing outcomes in eight weeks and I've got a beautiful video of their teacher when we're doing a webinar to get some feedback on her knees, crawling across into the video going, Jenny, Jenny, I've actually got kids that love writing and they've come in at lunchtime, these boys, and said, we don't want to play handball today, we want to write our book. No kidding. Now the next question is, are they writing with pens or are they writing with a keyboard? Again, I love that question. You can do both, but we're big advocates of the handwriting, and that's all to do with the neuroscience and things like Edutopia, where it's showing that you increase memory by 300%. And what that's doing is the way that we put the information down makes it easier for the kids to get it back out. 
It also means that when we're doing illustrations and thinking in a really subconscious way in communication to then bring out the written word, we're getting a deeper and we're giving the kids time to find out what story sits inside of them. Um, we're really changing from the type text and I could spend a much longer and I'd love to conversation around some research that's talking about type text and written text and the impact of a um, knowledge and comprehension and how handwriting is actually one of the best human technologies and we need to continue to use it. That sounds like a great story and I think we will catch up again in the future. Jenny, thank you so much for your time. All right, pleasure. Loved it. Thanks. Have you ever seen those cute little robots that seem to have some kind of emotional ability and then thought that the technology was way too advanced to be readily available? Well, the people at The Brainery have some good news for you. I'm with Sam here at The Brainery and the name just got me interested. I thought I'd just simply have to stop. He's offered me a seat and I'm sitting next to a small robot that looks very curiously interested in everyone who's walking past. Sam, what can you tell me about what's going on here at The Brainery? So what we've got going on here is a uh, petoid robot. So it's a different form of robot than what we've traditionally seen, uh, especially in education. It's been designed around being an animal, so a mammal-like pet. So the reason it's looking around is it's trying to find human shapes, and when it does find them, it tries to nuzzle up, and it's basically trying to interact with you. And depending on how you interact, it'll either be happy or become sad. So emotional state will depend on how you interact with it so hang on a second you're telling me that this robot here just next to my right foot is going to tell whether i'm happy or sad or frustrated or whether i'm interested in having some form of companion relationship it's not going to be able to tell whether you're uh, upset or, or happy but how you interact with it will influence its emotional state so if you start patting it it's going to be uh, come quite happy and positive if somebody accidentally knocks it or deliberately hits it, which uh, not advocating for at all, uh, it'll become upset. So how we interact with it uh, develop, uh, influences its, uh, its emotions and how it'll interact with us afterwards. So from an educational perspective, the first thing I'm thinking about is that there might be an application for students with special needs. Um, but I have a feeling that having just said that, that might be a little bit narrow. What can you tell me about that? It's definitely, there's a use case for student wellbeing, whether that's with um, mainstream students or students with additional needs uh, that's really up to the context or the, sc the school that's working in that area uh, definitely has applications there in the sense of uh, problem behaviours that may be used as a, a tool to calm down those students and engage them in something else so a bit of distraction in that way but it also has uh, it's fully programmable so in that sense we can have those students actually programming that robot whether they're mainstream students or students with additional needs it just depends on uh, their access to technology so this is uh, another angle on, uh, on coding and STEM. Would you describe it that way? Definitely. And it just gives it an extra layer of uh, purpose in regards to programming because one of the key things is uh, whilst learning how to program is a relevant skill for the 21st century, we also need to have good context around that to make it a really useful skill rather than just uh, writing out some script. So that's the way we see it in that sense. You know, these little, these little guys are very cute. Definitely, and that's one of the best things about them. Uh, they, they, we see kids just uh, sitting down and curling up next to them and just patting them for you know, 15 minutes or longer. It's, it's something that we didn't expect, and it's really wonderful to see. Sounds awesome. How do we find you? How do we find you on the internet? Can we call you? Can we email you? What, how does it work? Uh, you can do all of the above. Uh, you can find us on the internet at thebrainery.com. 
and then you can give us a call on uh, uh, 0352292260 and uh, we'd be more than happy to help uh, answer any questions or uh, even if you're just curious about uh, what's going on with robotics in education. Love to talk to you. Thanks so much for introducing us to, I've got to say, they really are very curious looking characters. They are and I think their form is really interesting and that stems from the design team behind it. They were looking at different animals and their features to create a form that was attractive and in that way cute, uh, objectively as possible and it combines arguably I think a cow, a dog, bunny rabbit ears and maybe looks a little bit like a donkey. Well if the robot could understand me I would have said you had me at hello. Sam, thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thank you. One of the great things about the internet is that you can so easily deliver a wide variety of learning tools and experiences. And that's exactly what the people at Too Simple are doing. And the feedback from students is very positive. I'm standing here with Lydia from a company called Too Simple. And I have to admit, the first thing I thought when I saw Too Simple was too easy. It's a fairly natural connection to make. Lydia, what can you tell me about Too Simple? Okay, well, we are an online suite of um, resources for primary teachers and primary students uh, that cater for right across the curriculum. Um, it's engaging, it's fun, it's bright, it's colourful, um, and so the teachers get the most out of it as well as the students. So it's a range of software applications from coding to other things. I can see a range of things uh, sort of flipping by on the screen there. What can you tell me about the actual things that it can do? Sure. So we have a whole base of tools that go right across the curriculum. We have English tools that have templates, writing templates, um, animated stories can be created. We then have um, several coding applications as well, um, looking at block coding as well as text coding. Um, and then we go into maths as well, science, um, you name it basically, and it's covered. <laughs> so like a, a learning environment. Now it's web-based. Yes. Uh, how, do you, how do you deliver that to schools via a subscription? Absolutely, yep. So we have a yearly subscription um, and that includes a two-hour PD with one of our lovely staff here who will come out to your school and make sure that the teachers are confident um, and happy with the product and using it effectively with their students. What sort of feedback are you getting from the kids? The kids love it. Uh, we had one um, email from a school down in Melbourne and the teacher just sent a quote directly from the student saying, this is the best ever. So, How do we find you on the internet? Toosimple.com.au Well, that's too easy. Too easy. <laughs> Lydia, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. And have you ever wondered what it's like to have a camera follow you around the room while you're teaching? That's just what Swivel does. But in this case, the camera is doing it all by itself. I'm standing here with Vlad from uh, Swivel, and I'm actually standing next to what looks to be like a, a robot that could have its eye on me, but I think Vlad can tell me a little bit more. What have you got? Um, so Swivel is actually more than just a robot. A robot obviously is an important part of our solution. What we do is help teachers and educators capture video in the classroom and then make it useful for a variety of applications like professional development, uh, skill improvement, and also working with students to improve their speaking and presentation skills. Now, you're the inventor of this product. What led you to uh, design this? I mean, I'm looking at it here. It's standing on the tripod. It looks like, uh, I mean, this is audio only, so I've got to try and do my best here to describe it. It's uh, kind of like a, a giant hockey puck with what looks to be like an iPad 
slotted into it and I can see myself into it. So why exactly did you come up with this? So one of the challenges in capturing video in the classroom is the teachers move around the classroom. In a modern classroom, they're not just a sage on the stage, they move around and speak to students. And so what Swivel does is it works with uh, an iPad or another mobile device and it tracks the teacher around the classroom. So it actually turns the camera in the direction of where the teacher is and moves with them, uh, keeping them in frame. And it also has wireless microphones that capture great audio of the teacher so that we can later on get it into our software platform and then make it available for the coaches to analyze, provide feedback, uh, connect the teacher and the student a little bit closer. If the student missed the class or need to review the material, they had great audio and video of what happened in the classroom. Sounds like a great idea, but I suppose when teachers first use this, they might feel perhaps a little bit uh, edgy. Do they kind of freak out or how quickly do they get used to it? Uh, very good question. So when we started probably five years ago, that was the number one concern of the teachers is I don't want to be on camera. I don't know how I'm going to look on camera. And today it's a lot less. Teachers are much more comfortable with video. In general, video has become pervasive in our culture in general. But more than that, uh, what we try to tell teachers is what is the focus on? The focus is not assessment of how you look. The focus is on students. You know, are we able to engage them? Um, are they paying attention? Are they asking good questions? And once you can reframe what that video is for, it becomes very comfortable because they're no longer looking at it as a judgment of them, but it's more around how can I get better? How can I engage my students a little bit better? How can I bring more interesting information for them? It's good to see some of those walls coming down because teachers are often very self-conscious about, as you say, what they look like. And what about the kids? How do they respond when they've got this uh, camera that seems to be watching what's going on? Well, the first reaction is super excited because it's a little robot that follows around and does things and uh, working uh, in the classroom where otherwise they would only be working with a teacher. Uh, but they also forget about it very quickly. You know, within two, three minutes, they lose interest and they're back on listening to the teacher. So we used to have a little bit more concern about will the kids be distracted by it and not pay attention. But uh, from what the teachers are reporting, it only in like two to three minutes and they're, you know, they're no longer paying attention. It blends into the background and they're, uh, they're fully engaged with the class. My guess is that there's a uh, student application here as well. So could students use this to record their own group presentations and so forth? Absolutely. So student usage is one of our fastest growing applications for Swivel. Even though Swivels enter the classroom with a teacher, the teacher uses it for student presentation. One of the interesting things is language learners, you know, learning how you speak, how do you present, how you engage with your audience. We all need that. It's not just for adults. Kids actually also need to see and learn from that. So we see that uh, group project presentations is another great application. Uh, we've had some really interesting applications where a teacher organized TED Talks within their classroom. And so everyone, you know, got to not only participate in a TED Talk, but actually practice in front of the video camera, in front of a swivel. That sounds very cool. With a teacher and say, this is how you should do it in your actual presentation. So they would go through three, four cycles of recording, analyzing, recording, analyzing before they do the final presentation. So a very multifunctional device in terms of its application. How do we find you on the internet? Uh, in order to find Swivel on the internet is www.swivel.com. It's spelled S-W-I-V-L.com. Vlad, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Well, that was a lot of fun. You've been listening to Central Station. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. 
and be sure to watch out for highlights 2, 3 and 4 from Edutech 2019. To find out more about the guests in this highlight, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode where you'll find links and contact details. For more information about our other guests and episodes, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen or visit the website central.com.au slash podcast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.